are glad and we are glad yes we and we are and we are come on yes we and we are yes we are and we are glad yes we are and we and we How many of y'all glad tonight? Hallelujah. Are you? Okay. Okay. I'm going to ask that question again. Because obviously, there's it's quite a few of us who's really not glad. Because I don't know about you. I don't know if you realize what time zone you just stepped into. But if you just sit there and, and not expecting then I understand that you're not glad. But when you're expecting, there's no reason or no way that you can't sit here and stand on your feet and give God the biggest praise because you know that he has something great. So we're glad. We're glad. I am glad. I am glad. I am glad. That's why when I walked in here, Jeff was like, ooh, look at you. Because I'm glad. I wake up every morning glad. Because I wake up every morning expecting, is this my day? Is this my day? Is this my day? Because you remember, you stepped into a time zone of now. This is the time zone you just stepped into. You don't, it, it, you could be just right round, it could be right round the corner for you at this moment. But you're not in expectation. Things will just stand still. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Giving honor to God who is the head of my life. And y'all can have a seat. Y'all can have a seat. Have a seat. Giving honor to our man and woman of God in the absence. Pastor John and Pastor Kim Anderson, hallelujah. I still, I still clap my hands for them. Give them honor. I give honor to my beautiful wife. Girl, you look good. Let me stop looking over. Let me stop looking over there. Give honor to my wife, Miss Lamika Baker. Thank you. Mrs. Lamika Baker, thank you. I give honor to everyone else who's here. Our guests. I'm glad to have you, brother. I'm glad to have you. Hallelujah. Well, tonight, I, I come to really, this is really an encouragement message. This is to encourage you. All right. I know that we've gotten to a beginning of the year, 2020, so everything started at zero. And a lot of times when we get to a new year, we start being refreshed and revived or whatnot. And that's, that's fine, but I also know that there are some, some who's, who's working and they, they've been working and they've been working and they've been working and they may be, you know, dwindling a little bit, getting a little tired. So this is an, an encouragement message, especially now where we're now about to get ready for a 90-day fit challenge. So I've come to encourage you. So, so we'll see this in the natural. And we'll see this in the spiritual tonight. Amen. 
So if you don't mind, we're going to start at Psalms 27, verse 13 and 14. Psalms 27, verse 13 and 14. Hallelujah. Psalms 27, verse 13 and verse 14. And if you do not know who's writing this, this is our brother David, or, or we can call King David. It says, verse 13, it said, I, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. If you don't mind, we're going to go now to Galatians 6, verses 9. Galatians 6, verses 9. When you got to say amen. <laughs> and it says, and let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So if I had to give you a title, it says, don't quit. You will see it. Tell, tell your neighbor, don't quit. You will, see it. you will see it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and we praise you and we put no one before you for you are good and your mercy endures forever. Now, Father, as always, I ask you to have your way in me, through me, Lord God. Use this mouth of clay for your service, Father God, in the name of Jesus. And we will continue to give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. So don't quit. You will see it. Question. How many times have we decided that we were going to do something and we seen ourselves doing it? And we also seen if we did it at the end what was going to happen. But because we didn't see immediate manifestation or we didn't see anything really moving, we decide to quit. How many, have any one of y'all done that before? Oh, okay. So, so like I said, we to, we're for to start a 90-day fit challenge in the physical, in the natural, okay? Now, if you are exercising, if you're doing well, in those 90 days, by the end of the 90th day, you should see some kind of change. Now, that's if you're working. Okay, that's if you're working. Now, what you see on week one should not be the same thing you see on week 90. If you're working every day or every other day, okay, the physical education is about to come in me. At least, at least three to five times a week, you should be doing something if you're not doing it every day, okay? But why you say that? I'm glad you asked. If you get to week one, the seventh day, and it seemed like no weight has changed because for some reason we're always looking for weight to change. 
don't quit. What happens is something else might be working. Once again, this physical education thing about to come, come on in me. A lot of times, most people, they lose inches before they lose weight. They start feeling better before they lose weight. Something is still working, but you might not be seeing that end goal of the weight loss. You may wake up with more energy. Wake up ready to go do something. But because you don't see one of those numbers changes, you decide that you want to quit. Remember, God does things in his timing. These 90 days, 90 days is, is reason, reason why it's 90 days is because it should be some kind of change in your life for 90 days if you're doing something. So, yes, you may not see no weight change in week one. You may see one or two pounds in week two. But that does not mean that something is not working for you. So, like I said, I just come to encourage you not to quit today. Not to quit on this challenge and on receiving those promises God has for you. Because that's what happened in the church. We get a lot of prophecies and promises that's been made, and you can see yourself having it. You can see yourself driving it. You can see yourself living in it. You can see yourself healed and whole. You can see yourself just set free on everything. But because week one, something haven't changed, our faith started dwindling. Because we don't see ourselves, because we're not driving it yet, we stop believing in what the man and the woman of God has just said. Now, now, it all happens in its own time. Now, God is a person, he, he's merciful, man. I, I love him. I love him. He's, he's merciful. He's great. And he's much smarter than me. He's much smarter than you. He knows what you can handle. And when you, it can handle it. All right? So, Let's go to Matthew 14, verses 25. My wife helped me on this one. This, this blessed my soul. Once again, he knows what you can handle. When you're trying to do stuff on your own, a lot of times you start sinking. You'll sink. You'll fall. When you want to try to do things before your time, you'll fall. Now, we, we've read this story plenty of times. Plenty of times. Okay, it says, now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered and answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And, and he said, come. 
And when Peter had come, come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to, to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and, begin, and beginning to sink. And he cried out saying, Lord, save me. Now, my question to you is, who had the command? Who did the command? Some people said Jesus, some said Peter. Okay, let's, let's look at it again. Give me, go back to that one. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me, command me to come to you on the water. So we said, so so you said Jesus did the command. No, Peter did the command. Peter did the command. Who did the command? Peter, the one who gave the command to Jesus to tell him to come. Yes, Jesus told him to come, but Peter said, hey, if that's you, God, command me to come. And he said, come. Jesus not going to lie. He's not going to say, okay, it ain't me, so I don't want you to come. He said, no, come. And then Peter got out the boat and started walking. Now, was this before Jesus died when this happened? Yes. Was this before Peter, you know, became who he became in Acts? Yes, right? And then, of course, at the end of the story, you know, um, he sunk and he said, of uh, you a little faith. Why did you doubt? Jesus would not have told Peter to walk out of the water by him at that point in time because he knew Peter wasn't ready. Just think about it. He knew Peter wasn't ready for that. He knew, that's, but he had to tell him because he was like, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come. So, of course, Jesus said, come, and he tried to come. Now, I'm, I'm not a, a scholar, and I'm not the, 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 the smartest guy, but I just believe that in the book of Acts, if, Jesus, if Peter had to walk on water, he would have been able to walk on water with ease because that was his time. He was ready for it then. At this point in time, he wasn't ready. That's why he had, his, his, his faith wasn't there yet. That's why when, when all those, he denied Jesus so many times because his faith wasn't there yet. In the book of Acts, if Jesus would have said, come, if Jesus was there, he would walk like this. <laughs> and what? When came, and what? That's why he was able to raise the dead. That's why he was able to bring, bring people, the, the, uh, uh, the lame, have them walk. All up because his faith grew. I, I remember dad, a pastor, I already called him a pastor. Pastor Anderson said, he said this, he said, the bigger the vision, the further off the appointed time is. And he, 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 gave a, he was talking a story about how he visited having thousands of people in the church and this and that. And then he was like, you know, he already seen us in the church and this and that. And, you know, sometimes he got frustrated because what he's seen haven't showed up yet. 
but there were small things, what was happening, smaller visions building on to prepare him for the biggest, the bigger vision was coming on. That's the thing about God. He, he give us smaller visions to prepare us for that big thing that we've been, that, that been prophesied over your life years ago. That's just like Joseph. If we look at the book of Joseph in Genesis, yes, he, he had a big dream. His vision was big. He's, he, you know, he's fit to take over. He, he's fit to be, be ruler over the world at that point in time, the world that we know at that point in time, right? But before that happened, he was in a pit. Then he became a slave. And while he was a slave, he became ruler over the other slaves. He was, you know, he was captain over those slaves. And then all of a sudden, he went into the prison and became the, the head, head man of the prison. So even though his vision was so much greater, God was still working on him on the little small things that he had to have to become who he became. So I'm saying all that because, yes, there might be times where you may feel like things ain't going the way you want them to go or it's not immediate manifestation like you want to, but look at the small things what's going on in your life. When you start this working out, just like I was saying, it may be where you may not see a pound or so, but see yourself how you get up in the morning a lot better and you, you can stretch a lot better than you did and, and, and you know, your, your waistline will start being a little bit smaller and, and you know, hey, you know what? Everything, this, this thing is working for me. So we have to realize that everything is in God's time. Everything. I, so I, you know, I play, I play, I know I always say I played football, and I know Deke played football in high school, right? Deke, what position you played? Played defensive back, right? Now, let me ask you this. When you played defensive back, what coverage did you like best? You like man to man. Why did you like man to man? Because it was your responsibility. Now, man to man, he said he liked the man to man if his responsibility if someone beat him. Now, in man to man coverage, you may have something called bump and run. That was my favorite. I love bump and run. I like trying to jam somebody. I, I loved it. I loved it. But I'm saying all this because of this. I said God is, is, is a, a timely God, right? In football, they used to have these routes. Wide receiver and a quarterback have a timing route. Okay, what that is is even, even before the wide receiver has turned to the spot, the ball is already thrown. Before his back is turned, everything is turned. And by the time he moved to go to that spot, the ball is already there because it's a timing route. Now, in order to, to know how to do that timing route, he had to have a lot of time with that quarterback. They had to be on, on sync. They had to be on one accord knowing, oh, you know what? Okay, I know my man going to be right here at this certain time. Let me go ahead and throw it right there then, right? Now, God has already threw the ball. He had already threw the ball. Come on, D. All right? It's up to the wide receiver to get to that spot. 
Now, if I was a wide receiver, like I said, I like playing bump and run, meaning that even when I'm on the, on the line, when I say go, what, what would you normally do? He's going he gonna to take me. He's trying to get me off the spot. He's trying to get me off course. He's trying to get me to a point where I get tired and I stop. So every time I'm trying to run, he give, he taking me to a spot. Instead of the spot that I need to be going, he's moving me around. That's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. He's using his hand, moving me around. Right? That's the devil. That's what the enemy does. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So he's trying to get you off course. He's trying to get you off that spot. But guess what? Just like he's using his hands, a good wide receiver know how to use their hands. So they know how to swim, move, get to the spot that they need to be at. You have weapons as well. Come on. So every time he comes, he's trying to bump. You move, move his hands out of the way. You move him out of the way so you can get to the spot that you're supposed to be at. So if, if Chris is the spot, let's say Chris is the spot. Let me move this for a second. I don't want to, you know. <laughs> All right. He don't, he don't, this is your joy. This is your peace. This is your house. This is everything that you desire that God don't promise you right here. This is it right here. You're over here trying to get to that spot because it's a timing rock. It's already been thrown. Now, you got weapons. Like I said, you got your praise. You got your worship. Hallelujah. You got the word. You got everything that you need to get you back to this spot. But, but what happens is when you're trying to run to get to the spot, we allow the enemy to just get you to the point where you're saying, you know what, it's okay. I'm, I, 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 just, I just quit. I just give up. I, I throw in the towel. It, it ain't worth it. That's what we do. And God's trying to tell you is you need to start using your weapons so you can get to where you're supposed to have. Get, get to your peace. Get to your joy. Thank you, man. Thank you. That's, and that's what's supposed to happen. We got to get to a point that every weapon that God has given us, I'll put it back. Every weapon that God has given us, we have to start using it. And not allowing the enemy to get us to the point that we quit. And we understand, if you're not, if, of course, if you're not in the word and you're not being able to praise and worship and all those things, yes, you, you're going to give up quicker than anybody else. We understand that. That's why it's very vital that we get into this word this year because, hey, I'm, I'm looking forward to all those great things, all those promises that was supposed to be said. I'm looking forward to them. And I, I know that the enemy is trying to do everything he can to stop me from getting there. He's going to try to do everything he can to stop you from getting what you, you deserve and what, what God has promised you. But we have to not quit. We have to not quit. So I have three keys. I, I'm not going to, man, like I said, I was coming to encourage you. I wasn't going to be here that long. I have three keys today. Three keys that will help you not quit. Three keys. The first one, keep your vision or your promise in front of you. That means every day you should be, if, if, I, I remember um, Pastor saying that I know a lot of us have had a lot of promises, prophecies, and things of that nature, and we may have forgotten some of them. 
But there's one that you know you have not forgotten. That, that one big one you know you have not forgotten. I don't, it may have been, hey, you know, I know we don't have no one blind in here, but you, you get your sight to see. It, it can be whatever. Every morning you should, be, you should be thinking about that sight to see it. Every morning, it can be, oh, I, I'm, I'm going to be debt free. All of, all of us are trying to get on our point. All of us, every morning, we should be waking up, I'm debt free. I can see myself. You got to be able to see it, too. You got to be able to see yourself debt free. Can you see it? After, after the word was spoken to you, can you see it? Remember, uh, sat Sunday, uh, Pastor was talking about Paul and the vision that he had, the, that, that holy vision that he had. He had he's seen that thing. Remember, he's seen it while he was blind naturally. So he's seen it. Are you seeing in the spirit? Can you really see yourself debt free? Can you see yourself living in it? Can you see yourself riding in it? Can you see yourself? Can you see yourself? Can you see yourself healed and delivered? Can you see yourself? We got to see it. And, you, and while you're seeing it, you got to run with it. You got to make sure that every day that's in front of you. That's in front of your face. Put some scripture on it. It's in front of your face. Amen? First Timothy 1 and 18. You can't have it in the NIV. It says, Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command to, in keeping with the prophecies once made about you that by recalling them, or keeping them in front of you, you may fight the battle well. Because when you got that prophecy, the enemy heard it. And there go that bump, that, that bump around we was just talking about. He heard it. But you keep it, recall that prophecy. You keep it in front of you so you can help, it can help you move, move them out the way. You want to make sure that not only you recalling, you recalling that prophecy, you speaking at it. Okay. I know I just got this bad report, but my God said I'm healed. So every day, I'm healed in Jesus' name. I'm healed in Jesus' name. I might feel a pain right here, but I'm healed in Jesus' name. I may feel a pain in my shoulder, but I'm healed in Jesus' name. Because that's what was said and that was promised to me. I know we got some promises in here. We, got, we have to start doing that. Let, let's go to Habakkuk 2. I mean, we, since we, we're talking about Habakkuk 2, let me, let me get done. Myself. Everybody okay? Yes, okay, great, great. Okay, Habakkuk 2 and 2. It says, Then the, then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Well, let's start at one. I will stand watch, stand my watch, to set myself on the rampart, to watch and watch to see what he will say to me. So you have to see what he say. Because what he's saying is your vision. And what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the, Lord, then the Lord answered to me and said, write the vision. So write what I just said to you. And it's, then he said, make it plain. 
that he may run who reads it. Who's going to be the one reading? Me. I'm going to be the one reading it because it's the vision he gave to me. So he told you to write it down, make sure you read it, and keep reading 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 it, until you're able to say it, until you're able to see it, until it starts coming. The word now is prophesy until you testify. That's what this is right here. You prophesy until you testify. You got the vision. You wrote it down. You made it plain. Now it's time for you to run with it. That's it. Amen? Amen. All right. So we said keep, keep, the vi- keep the vision or the promise in front of you. You got to realize that even though you might be suffering things at this moment, what you're suffering is not greater than what God has for you. Romans 8, verse 18. Romans 8, verse 18. Look what it says. Okay. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Can you give me that in the easy read? Easy to read. We have suffered now. We may have sufferings now. But these are nothing compared to the great glory that will be given to us. <laughs> Can you give it to us in the passion? I am convinced that any suffering we endured is less than nothing compared less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. Look what it's saying. The sufferings don't even compare. Just like this, these workouts that you're going to do, yeah, they might be tough. They might be, but at the end, baby, you're going to be like, whoa, I'm just saying, it'll be well worth it. It'll be well worth the endurance. It'll be well worth the suffering. I I don't know what, you know, in the physical state of these workouts that are going to be going on every Saturday at night. I don't know what the magnitude is, but what I can tell you is this. If you keep at it, and if you add some more to it, because once a week ain't going to do it, baby. But if you add some more to it, I guarantee you, in 90 days, things are going to be good for you. <laughs> I'm just, hey, once again, I, I'm, I am a physical education teacher at this moment. So I can let you know that these things. All right, amen. <laughs> yes. But if you keep it up, and you don't quit. You keep with it. Over and over and over and over again. 90 days. You might not be barber size. Or Gigi size. But. 
you're going to be a size that you want. Hey, Chris said smaller. Amen. Amen. I'm going to go with what Chris said. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So number two. Number two. So number one was make sure you keep the vision in front of you. Number two, remind God of his promises. Remind him of his prophecies. Now, you're not reminding him for him. No. This is, this is your time to start keep speaking it. These, this is your time you want to, th- these are that, that speaking time. You know, God, you say it. God, you say it. God, now you say it. Now, now, I know your word said, but God, you also said to me. You had the man of God, who I know is a prophet, say this to me. You remind him of those things that he said. Amen. Okay, Isaiah, Isaiah 62. And if we have it, can we have it? In the, yeah, easy to read. Thank you. It says this. It says, Jerusalem, I put guards on your walls. They will not be silent. They will keep praying day and night. Guards, keep praying to the Lord. Remind him of his promise. Don't ever stop praying. Don't ever stop praying. Don't ever stop praying. Don't ever stop reminding him of what he said to you. Don't ever stop. Amplified Classic says that, said it like this. said, I have set watchmen upon your walls, O Jerusalem, who will never hold their peace day and night. You who are his servants and by your prayers put the Lord in remembrance of his promise. Keep not silence. So he's telling you right now, you keep on. I think about that, that, that woman that with the unjud, uh, the un, that ruler, whatever the judge was, the, the judge what was wicked. Let me say it like that. The unjust ruler. There you go. And there was a woman in there who kept trying to get some justice. And she kept trying to get justice. Every day she was coming to him. Hey, I need justice. Every day, I need justice. Every day, I need justice. Finally, the man said, I'm getting tired of this lady asking me. I'm getting tired of her asking me. She was so consistent on on just keep asking me the same thing over and over and over again. Let's go ahead and give her this justice that she wants. Start reminding him every day. This is what you promised me. This is the time right now. This is the now time for us. So, Father, I know at this point in time that I should be getting what you already promised me. But you have to keep reminding. Keep reminding. Let's go to Exodus 32. It's just a story. And we'll start at 20. Let me look. Exodus 32, and, and, and this is, you know what, for sake of time, I'm going to go ahead and tell you the story. It's in Exodus 32, so you won't think I'm lying, okay? But I want to make sure you understand it in my words. Okay, so, in this book, for Exodus, Moses 
was going up to the mountains to go speak with Jesus. I mean, go speak with God. And while this was going on up, he's, having, he's in the presence of God going down, down where the, the children of Israel was. They were trying to make an other God. Now, they just got past the Red Sea. God just delivered them from their enemies. Just delivered them from the enemies. And they decided to ask pre the, the priest, and I'm not understanding why Aaron decided to do this myself. I'm still got a question mark on that part. They decided to ask Aaron to make another God. So he made a golden calf. So they can worship the golden calf like it was the golden calf that got them set free. But it wasn't the golden calf. It was the, the God of all gods, the living God, the true and living God. So God got mad. God got mad like he wasn't going to know what was going on. This is God, man. And he said, Moses, man, go on down there. Man, them, them, them people, they, they, they acting the fool. They, there's something wrong with them. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to tell you, Moses. But you know what? I'm a little mad right now, so I'm going to have to, they got to go. And he didn't say it like that, but y'all know I'm talking, you know, I'm trying to make it comedic, you know. Anyway, he said that you got to go. They got to go. But Moses, no, but the thing is, even with that, he said, God told him, he said, you know what? I'm going to destroy them, and I'm going to make you a great nation. Now, the promise was for Abraham to be the great nation. But he got so mad that he said, Moses, I'm not even I'm going to make you the great nation. But Moses said this right here. He said, well, first of all, God, hold on. Don't do that. Because, first of all, people are going to be talking about you. They're going to say, hey, you brought them out of Egypt just to kill them? Me personally, I don't think that was the part what made God wanted to change his mind. I think the next part, when he said, do you remember what you told Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that you were going to multiply them. That was the promise you gave them. And because you gave them that promise, God, please don't do it. Man, God said, oh, wow. Now, got to remember, Moses, 400 years later, but because he, he knew the precepts, he already knew he was in, he had time. He was, he knew exactly, he knew the word. He knew everything about what was going on with the people. He was able to remind God of a word that he gave over four year, 400 years ago. And just because of that, he turned and said, okay, man, I ain't going to kill him. Just because he reminded God of his promise, of his word. What are you reminding God of? Are you really reminding God of his word? Because if you're reminding him, and you keep reminding him, and you keep reminding him, I guarantee you, it's going to pop open. Remember, it's not to remind him, because he knows. It's to help you, help you stay confident. To help you realize that, hey, you know what? 
God, you said this. And I know you can do it because you don't did it for them, and you did it for them, and you don't did it for them, you don't did it for them. You might not have did it that way for them, but God, I know that you can do it. So reminding them. Well, I'm doing real good on time. Woo. Last one. The last one. Point three. Remember your past testimonies. <laughs> Remember your past testimonies. Hallelujah. Remember. Let's go to Revelations 12, verses 11. Y'all know I was going here. Remember your past testimonies. You already know. You, know, you already know. And it says this. And they overcame him. Who did they, who they overcome? The devil. They overcame the devil. By the blood of the lamb and, and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. So they overcame him. They overcame those other situations, those other circumstances, those other trials, the other tribulations. They overcame those by the blood of the lamb. And, hey, God, I remember back when. I'm sick. But God, I remember when you healed me this time. I'm, I'm sort of kind of lack on money. But God, I remember when you provided for me this last time. Things not looking good. God, I remember when you gave me joy and peace and love and happiness. Are you going back over those other testimonies? Or are you just still looking for the one in front of you? Because the one in front of you ain't helping you at this moment with these trials and these tribulations. Even though you should be looking at it, but you should remember that, hey, God, you done brought me out of this situation before. I, I just know, like, for instance, man, I, I work with a lot of, you know, uneducated educators. I, I do. I, I mean, they... they what I mean by that is they're not, they, they not educated in the spirit. They, they not, they, they, they're rurally. Let me say it like that instead of me saying uneducated educators. <laughs> but they get at work, and they just stressing, and they're they like, oh, I don't know how we're going to make these kids become a, get these grades up and this and that, and I don't know how they're going to, I don't know, I don't know. I got teachers getting migraines, and all this stuff because they're stressing. And I walk in, I walk into school. Hey, everybody, how y'all doing? What kind of coffee you drink? I don't drink coffee. Oh, what, what you? What, if you, hey, I can tell you what I got, but you know, what I'm saying? like, but every day, you know, I'm sitting up. This is a song that never ends. It goes on and on, my friend. I'm, I'm in there just cracking up. I'm enjoying 
I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Kids enjoying it. Other ones enjoying it. They like, wow, coach, every morning you like this. Yes, I am. Because I don't allow this right here to get to stressing me. God done brought me through too much. He done brought me out of any, every situation and circumstance that I allow a little job to ever get me stressed. So I'm in there just, just going along, man. I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything, just enjoying life. I'm enjoying it. And I got other ones like, I got a, I got a migraine, so I'm going to stay home. I got this, I got that, because they allow the stress of the world to overtake them. But I overcome the world. I, I overcome those situations that they got at the school. I there are sometimes, now, I, I am an elementary school teacher. And I say that because I, I, I do kindergarten. I do kindergarten. I do the five-year-old babies. <laughs> Our five-year-old babies are sort of kind of untrained. We had one, one, one little girl. She's five. She's, she's, she's grown as ever. A little, a little Hispanic girl. She, she's grown as ever. She told the teacher, she said, listen, listen. One day, we was just playing. We just playing. We just, we just having fun at home. And all of a sudden, one night, they made us go to bed a little bit earlier. They, they woke us up earlier. They put us on some of these uniform clothes. And they brought us here. I didn't ask to come here. This is a five-year-old little girl. She said, she said, so, 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 the lady named Miss Sherman. She said, so, Miss Sherman, can you just be a little patient with me? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't ask to wake up early this morning to go to this school. Now this is at five years old. This is, these are the little kids that I'm dealing with. And sometimes, sometimes, and, and normally I have like a co-teacher because they give, they, we have, I have two classes. So I have, even though I feel like it's against the law, to have 22 kids, 22 fifth graders for one teacher. I think it's good. I thought it was like 18, 17, 18, but I have 22 kids in one class, and I got 22 kids in the other class, so it's 44 of those fifth graders. I mean, kindergartners. Kindergarten. At the same time. And there are some days that my co teacher's not there with me. So it's 44 to one. Forty-four kids to just one. Now, a, in, a, a, a person who's who's worldly, they can't handle that. I know because hey, guess what? One day I was out, and my co-teacher had to do the forty-four to one, and he was like, "Hey, where's somebody to help me at?" 
But me, I'm just good. It don't even matter. Because this right here is a little small to me. That's a small thing to me. It's a small thing to me. I got bigger things that I should be, I, I'm, I'm getting myself prepared for. So this little small thing right here, it's nothing. I don't get, I, 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 I can't get stressed at work. Because I know there's somebody there looking at me. Somebody there trying to figure out what you got. Somebody's there trying to figure out, can I have what you have? But if I get there and start acting like them, I'm worth nothing. I'm worthless. Pretty much, I'm worthless. So we, we, so we have to show them that, that, hey, even though I might be going through this, I done went through something before. And God has turned it around for me. And God will turn this thing around for me. And he's going to turn that thing around for me. He's going to turn that thing around for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So, so I want to show you this story in, in um, second, first Samuel 17. Now, now, once again, I'm going to talk about it. And we're almost out of here. I promise y'all. I am almost out. This is, this is about it right here for me. David was a young teenager, all right? I know at the beginning I talked about how David, he, he wrote the, the words about he would have fainted or he would have lost heart if he would not have seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of living. He was, this, is, this is the King David right here that I was talking about right here. But at this point in time, David, even though he was anointed king, he wasn't king yet, all right? Now, if you went through David's story, and I'm not, David went through a whole bunch of stuff before he became king. All right? But this was one story that I wanted to make sure I, t I show you about remind remembering your testimony. Okay? Now, David, the people of Israel, was about to go to battle. But what happened was... They had one Philistine guy who was called Goliath decided, hey, let's just fight. Give me one person to fight. If we win, y'all done. If y'all win, then we give up. Goliath was a, a big man. Everybody was scared of him. David came in on the scene. David was a little guy. David was confident because he had already went through a bear and he already went through a lion. So, at this point in time, they talking, and David was like, you know what? I'll take care of Goliath. And Saul said, no, man, that dude too big for you. But David remembered his testimony. And David told Saul his testimony. He told Saul, he said, listen, listen, I understand what you're saying, but when I was tending my sheep, I had a lion to come after me, and I had a bear to come after me. I had a lion, and I had a bear. A lion and a bear. And you're talking about Goliath. I understand, king, but if God delivered me from the hands of this lion, and he delivered me from the hands of this bear, I know for a shadow of a doubt, he will deliver me 
from this sickness, from this disease, from this lack, from this poverty. He will, he will deliver me. And I come to tell you today that if you keep on, keep on with the word, keep on praying, keep on remembering what your testimony was, remember it, that you will overcome whatever it is what's standing in your way today. It's, on, it's one person in the Bible that I was very disappointed with who didn't remember their testimony. His name was King Asa. King Asa, when he was big and when he was who he was supposed to be, he depended on God. He had a, a testimony out of this world. He had a million people trying to come against him. A million army, million man army trying to come against him who only had 500 men, almost half of what he had. But God, because he put, he set himself on God, he delivered him from that. But then, when another army, when the Israel army tried to come against him, he decided that he wanted to try to partner up with somebody instead of remembering what brought him out the first time. Why you said that? I'm glad you asked. Some of us know God brought us out of some situations before. But instead of us going back to him, we go to the world. Why is that? I'm telling you, this year, this year, this year, this year, we don't heard too many things, too many words for God, for you to go back to the world, for you to quit, for you to stop and give up on getting that promise that God has for you. We don't, you don't went through too much. You don't came through too much. God done brought you out of situations before. God done brought you out of circumstances before. I'm telling you today to please do not quit. Allow God to be God. Allow him to keep working inside of you. So when you see the thing that you're supposed to get and you desire, you'll be prepared for it. Amen. Come on, give God praise in this place. Hallelujah. 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 It's coming, y'all. I'm telling you, that promise, that, that prophecy, that, that thing that you desire the most, long as you do not quit, you do not give up on this word, you do not stop doing what you're supposed to be doing, the offerings, the tithing, the, everything that you're supposed to be doing, you don't stop that, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. That, that Galatians 6 and 9, that was really an offering scripture. When it was saying, um, don't be weary for your well-doing, that well-doing is doing good. That, that's, that's saying you've been a blessing to someone else. Don't stop doing that. Because if you keep doing it, you will weep. I'm telling, listen, listen, God is about to do some things that is about to just bless our socks off. And it's going to be up to us to get to that spot, to get to that area, that, you, that place called there. <laughs> 
we got to get there. And yes, the enemy going to try to jam you. He's going to try to stop you with reports. He may try to stop you with something. But you use your weapons. Use the weapons. Use the word of God. Use your prophecies. Use your praise. Do not allow him to stop you for 2020. This is the year of vision manifestation. You, we will see it if we don't quit. You will see it if you don't quit. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you and we bless you, God, for this word tonight, God. We thank you, Lord, God, that you're showing us, God, to just keep enduring, 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 God. And, and we will, God. We are a people who believe in you and trust in you. And we thank you even for our man and woman of God that you brought placed in our lives, God, who has prophesied great things in our lives, Lord God. And, God, we will run with those prophecies, Lord God. And, and God, we will not look back. We will not stop. We will not quit. Father, we ask you even to give us strength, Lord God, to be able to endure what the situations and circumstances, Lord God. Hallelujah. And God, we will remember, God, all the things, God, that you've already done for us, God, and we will remember the things that you have in store for us, God, and we will continue to give you the honor and the glory, for you alone deserve it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 <laughs> I know y'all got something out of that. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, um,